You are listening to Grit and Grace, where I'm sharing my entrepreneurial journey with you and bringing stories to you of the most amazing women that are crushing it in business and in life. My name is Tomberly, and I'm a social impact entrepreneur, where I help businesses grow their community impact and their bottom line through their partnerships with nonprofit organizations. I'm also the founder of Tomberly's Tribe, a brand new group of female experts that from all different fields are helping women grow to their highest level of potential. Join us on this journey by downloading the Himalaya app, which is free, and follow us so we can keep you up to date on all of the new shows that are coming out. Welcome to my show. For November 2019, all of our Grit and Grace shows will be featuring stories of spirituality. I'm really excited to introduce you to women who are not only crushing it in business and in life, but also have a spiritual practice. They are individuals that have developed and expanded upon just what they do day to day and have found that greater meaning, that higher purpose, that higher calling. They are absolutely incredible, and I know that you're going to love it. Please make sure that you check the show notes for any additional contact information, or if you are looking to get more guidance or help on your spiritual path, please don't hesitate to contact me, and I will get you in touch with one of these amazing women, because we are here. Taverly's Tribe is here to support you. Now, welcome to Sacred November. Another one of these really exciting shows that we're bringing to you in the month of November is my friend, Don Moses. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I love to tell people the story. In fact, in the initial podcast that I recorded to talk about these shows that are coming out in November, I gave this example that all of a sudden I came like smack dab into the face of a woman that helped teach me and guide me and just loved me for who I am. And that was you. You were one of them. We were in the gym and I think it was, we were like passing around the corner and we almost bumped into each other. And I'm like, whoosh. Oh, who is that? (laughs) It was amazing. The only two women lifting heavy in the gym. That had tattoos. That was the the thing too, because I immediately looked at you and plus you're so beautiful. And I'm like, oh, so since then we have been fast friends and I'm really excited to have you on the show today. And it's, it's important to talk about the different aspects of spirituality and how it applies to people that actually, you know, live and work and have lives that other people would appear as normal. We are all normal individuals, um, although we're not normal, we are you know, spiritual individuals, having a human experience, as we like to say. But we also know you and I both know the importance of being able to have one foot in our daily life and yeah. still do all the things that we do, but still be spiritual and still have that charge and that connection to the cosmos, right? Yes. Um, and so I'm really excited because I think that you are such a good example that I know my listeners are going to learn so much from you. Yay. Well, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. And the other thing that we're going to talk about today, which I know and I appreciate you being open to, and I know we won't spend too much time on it, but I know that part of where the light shines into you is because there's places that Mm. you've been cracked open. For sure. Right? And being cracked open is something a lot of people look at is um, the tragedy or the, the, it's their, it can become their crutch. And in your case, you have done so much work to heal yourself and so much work to just appreciate that you are here and where you're at now because of what you've been through. Yes. 
And that's one thing that I, I know that a lot of people are going to be able to learn from you. And I think that that's one of the biggest gifts that you bring. And maybe you don't always realize that, but the healing that you've done allows you to hold that space, right, for others. So I'm just talking a lot. So I'm going to have to let you talk in just a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, first start with, tell us where, do, where were you born and, and you know where were you raised? I was born in Castro Valley, California. We moved out of there when I was really tiny. Um, actually packed our bags in the middle of the night and ran away. Mm. And I grew up a little bit in Washington for the most part in Southern Oregon on a ranch in mm. Podunk, Oregon. <laughs> grew up on the back of my horse. Um, transitioned to big city life when I got out of school. Moved mm. around to a couple of big cities, Boise, Idaho, Phoenix, Arizona, Salt Lake City, and eventually landed here. Mm. And here, by the way, for those of you listening, we are in Colorado. We yeah. are actually we're just outside of the Denver metro area, yeah. but um, you know, we are in the most beautiful state in in the U.S. Yes, in for our sure. opinion. <laughs> Although you've been, you've lived in other states, I'm sure you're partial to Colorado. Yes, most definitely. I love Oregon. I always have a piece of my heart, mm. and I absolutely adore living in Colorado. Yeah. It's special. Well, now you're stuck here forever yeah. because we may all end up in some like, you know, shack in, in the mountains, in the woods. We're, we're going to have our own like, you know, I <laughs> totally. want my own little like I, I don't like to use the word compound because then people think weird things. But I mean, compound is in like our own space, just our for li- us own little our own community, things, our own little community. Yeah. And we saw an article recently where a group of friends was it in Japan. Yeah. And they bought a house together. Uh, yeah. And they all like built out their space, but they all. OK, so anyway, this is total side tangent here. But, <laughs> I had another uh, one where they all did like little mini um, mini houses, mini houses with oh, the, like yeah. a community center. Yeah. yeah. How cool. That speaks to my soul. Yeah. I think we might end up doing that. You guys might see us in that in, in, in an article like that one day. Yes. Um, so during the time when you did a lot of movement and transitioning physically into different locations, I know that emotionally you were going through a lot too. And, and because I am familiar with a bit of your background, I want you to share with listeners as much as you're comfortable on a little bit of your personal journey and how you got to where you are to be in a good place. And I want everybody to know that you are in a good place with, with your mom. You are in a good yes. place with your family. You are in a good place with your ancestors and where you came from. And you are so connected to that now. But I know that it wasn't always that way. It has not always been that mm-hmm. way, especially with my mother. Um So I had a really tumultuous childhood, Um, a lot of molestation, a lot of abuse, both physical and mental. Um, And I started out like a really gifted child, right? Like talking to animals, talking to spirits, talking to whoever, like that was my reality. And there's just a series of things and some I don't even know that I remembered that shut that down. Part of it was things that I saw. I had a family that was very much into experiencing with um, the woo woo. Mm-hmm. And so I had a fair amount of exposure to it when I was younger and like probably the spiritual realm, you mean in different yeah, aspects yeah. and some of it in not even so healthy ways. So yeah. there was some, you know, dark side that was being explored as well. And so a lot of my protection was to shut down. And so I just really shut down what I was seeing or feeling in my safety zone. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I spent the rest of my life on this like push pull seeking journey, right? So like when I got into being a teenager, that really called to me again. And I um, just looked into what could I learn about different religions, including like Wicca and paganism. And um, and then something would happen and I'd be like, oh, I can't like, that's just, that's not right. So I've got to go back to being like, I should go back to church or just be the professional who doesn't have a spiritual connection. And yet it would always pull. So when I wasn't attached somehow, mm. it would pull back. 
Um, and I would just be drawn to doing something. I spent a lot of years in Salt Lake. Um, I found a beautiful community that we did sweat lodge every month. Mm. And that speaks to me because that's my roots. My grandfather was the chief of his tribe. I had a grandfather that was a shaman. So that like was a bringing me home space. And I got to be really connected again and really kind of started tapping into my gifts. And then I moved to Denver for work and I lost that connection. I didn't have that like place where I went and prayed. And so then I went back to, well, let me find a church or something. And then because I got involved in church, I was like, oh, I can't be like my spiritual being. And so that was that push pull again. Mm. And probably about five years ago, I just really got clear on, I was not going to be whole until I accepted all the pieces of me. And that meant really looking at what are my gifts and how I was, I mean, I was given them for a reason. What am I supposed to be here doing with them and how do I use them and how do I just fully step into being a spiritual being and not an aspect of, I have to be a corporate person here, or, mm-hmm. you know, an athlete here and a spiritual being over here in the closet where nobody sees me. And so I really started diving into at that time then, what is it that I'm capable of doing? What are my gifts? How do I use them? How do I help the world? And I know that you're at a master level of gifts in the area of dealing with energy. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that people really understand what that means. And I want to talk about all of your different gifts. Yeah. And I know we maybe should have talked about that at the beginning, yeah, but good. I, I, I feel that from you because we're already so connected, but I don't really necessarily think people understand that we have the ability to um, change and shift energy, not just within ourselves, but when, yeah. with, with people around us. And, you know, there's a lot of, there is so much, like, I want to say more mainstream media now that talks about energy. It's kind of an accepted practice now for everybody to understand that every single thing that we see or do is, is, is energy. It actually is just energy. And knowing that we have the ability to make some movement between that energy is just a concept that people don't really understand. So I would love for you to maybe go into the classic definition of what it means to, um, be an energy worker. And I, I mean, I won't give you any labels. I'd like you maybe to give the labels and describe yourself. Sure. Um, I probably don't use anything that's classic definitions Mm -hmm. anyway. So, um, one of the things that I am truly gifted at is sensing and moving energy. I'm highly empathic. So I feel people, I feel what's going on with people, um, from their emotions to even physically what's going on. And I'm very good at energy manipulation. So we have rivers of energy that run through our body. Everything around us is energy. We're all connected energetically. And so one of the big things that I probably work with is moving energy and getting it to move clearly, like opening up chakras, removing blocks. When we allow um, blocks, energy to get blocked in our body, and it's not necessarily conscious, it just happens, then things start to not function so -hmm. well. And it could be physically, like physical manifestations of things. Um, And a lot of emotions, we just trap emotions in our body. And then because we trap an emotion in our body, then that blocks the energy flow. And then that can cause physical manifestations of injuries and illness. I was going to say illness can absolutely Absolutely. be the result of that. Yes. Especially here a lot. And and I know me personally, I think back to all of the issues I've had, because you know, I've had a lot of significant Mm -hmm. issues in my womb. And I know that if I would have known then what I know now, right? (laughs) Um, but a lot of women, we have issues in our womb area as a result of blocked energy and trauma Mm -hmm. that we don't heal. Yeah. And those are, especially for women, that is our power place. Yeah. Yeah. And we tend to want to, in this society, um, it's safer to be numb and not experience emotions. So we just stuff them, right? And Mm -hmm. we just trap them and they, the 
problem is, is if we don't experience them and we don't allow ourselves to go through that experience, whether it's good or bad, um, it really does become trapped in our body somewhere. And that's just the starting point for a plethora of issues that can occur. And so what, what did you have to do to heal yourself, to be able to really Ooh. embrace your ability to understand your own energy and your impact yeah. on others? Because I, I think that one of the things that's really important for people that have sensed or have, they, people feel it, we know it, you can ignore it if you want, but we know it, we feel it. Um, in order for you to really be able to understand what's happening around you and within yourself or be able to purposefully move energy, yeah. you have to be aligned. Yeah. And you know, that meant you've had to do a lot of work. Yes. So what has that been like? Yeah. Um, and it's interesting, like truly the root of energy work is unconditional love. Mm. Like you, that you, that's the space you come from to do any type of energy work. And you can't do that unless you've arrived there for yourself. Mm -hmm. So it was, I would say several years, but it was been a lifetime, right. Of different healing practices. Some of that healing was, I didn't even realize I was preparing myself for this phase of my life where I was going to accept and step into who I was. So a lot of personal growth classes, a lot of self-reflection, a lot of honest conversations, a lot of willingness to go through a lot of the emotions that I was unwilling to go through before so that I could experience them and move on to the other side of them. Um, I've been on many healers tables, right? Like healers need healers too. And that was really what opened my eyes to like what was possible when I got on a table having no idea what I was getting up there for. And by the end of it was, um, had such huge emotional releases and then felt so much lighter and freer after that emotional release. Um, there's just a lot of work that could, needed to be do, done there to get to where I loved myself. And it was, it's been years and years yeah. of coming lifetime forever, right? a lifetime, forever. a lifetime of healing. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. We were having a conversation, um, you know, recently about, as healers, you know, as you and I both identify as healers in different mm -hmm. ways, but as healers, you know, it doesn't make us less of who we are mm -hmm. to still have work to do on ourselves, And that's, that's just the evolution of the process. And anybody that's working with any type of healer, if they ever, you know, um, appear to say that they know or have learned everything or are solid or done healing, they're not in a good place because yeah. the truth is, is that we're still always healing. There's another level. There's always a, there's always a new layer to peel back and, that is the true definition to me of being in a light worker role is that understanding that you have to work all the time. And it's, it's not, it doesn't just happen. No, I always say it's like peeling back the layers of an onion. Like everybody's mm -hmm. heard that. Right. And that, um, our best hope is that we're continually spiraling up, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to spiral in an upward and we're going to come back and we're going to come back to the same things that bothered us before, but we're going to heal them at a deeper level or at a different level because now we're ready to look at or face those things in a different level. Yeah. And so the goal is just to con like continue upward spiral in our healing and our growth and what we learn and feel and understand. And I run from the people who that say they've arrived, right? Like, yeah, that they've arrived. <laughs> it's just not possible. Yeah. Like we are on this planet to have an experience and to learn and grow. And so there's always something else we can learn. There's always another level of healing. Yeah. And if we think about the fact that we know that's pretty much step one into tapping into who you really are yeah. and your own power or gifts or connection to divine spirit, God, whatever you want to call it. We know that the first step to do that is to work on yourself. Absolutely. So let's walk listeners through some ideas that you might have. So if somebody was on your table or even just in conversation with you, because you meet people and like me, you, you know, you definitely attract a certain 
type of person that might want to learn from you. Mm -hmm. What would you tell them to do to start in their own self-healing? If they know nothing about the spiritual realm and you know that healing is the goal, (laughs) that's all they have to start. I mean, you can't just say, listen, (laughs) you know, what's grasshopper? Listen, grasshopper, you need to go to counseling. You need to go take self. I mean, there's so many ways, but what would you suggest? Um, So it's very interesting. One of the very first things I always tell somebody to do, always, and it seems not necessarily connected to spiritual, and yet it is, is what's your gratitude practice? Mm -hmm. Like, what is your gratitude practice? Do you take the time every day, whether it be in the morning or in the evening or um, both, to just spend a few minutes, minutes, um, documenting what you're grateful for that day? We cannot be in a space of like depression and hate and anger when we're in a, in a space of gratitude. So it's a huge, huge tool for shifting into that space of gratitude and love and alignment and being connected with like the positive energy is, so my very first thing is always, what's your gratitude practice? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a great place to start. And then from there, if an individual wants to proceed down a path of exploring spirituality, would you suggest something like meditation, like a way to start catching your breath? You know, cause I know that in a previous episode I talked about catching your breath, yes. um, being quiet, right. Taking time to just be still and no distractions, no people. And, yeah. and I mean, that's, that's, that's unusual for a lot of people to turn everything off and actually just be with themselves and, and just breathe. Silence is so uncomfortable for the vast majority nowadays. And I like relish the moments of silence. Um, Absolutely. Meditation is great. It always comes back to our breath, right? Like our breath is so powerful and it's crazy how many people, how many times in the day people just stop breathing. Like they literally just stop breathing and they don't even realize it. So meditation and breath work is really powerful. Um, And then I would say just if you have that call, right? You're feeling pulled. Like this is something I'm interested in. Start researching, whether it's books or talking to people. I think it's so important to find out what's your truth, right? Like there's never, I'm such a, not a fan of like, this is the one and only way. Mm -hmm. Um, There's so much good in all religions out there. There's so much good in so many modalities, right? And it's so important to not do something because somebody told you it's the right way or somebody said, this is the way you have to do it. What's really important is to just start exploring and start learning and really figure out what your truth meter is. How do you tell? Does it feel good for you? What's light for you? Mm -hmm. What's the path that you should follow and, and to become more aligned? So, and I mean, and we're talking and we can talk specifics. I mean, there are, there are pagan type religions. There are, um, practices that would classify people as witches. There are practices that would classify people as healers, as empaths, as mediums. as I mean, there's, there's there's so many different, and I do think that there is something to be said to learn from them all. And, you know, that's definitely what's happened for me is all the different little pieces accumulate the whole for me. But I do also think that if you're, if you're taking a class or you're involved with a type of teaching, do the teaching, Yes, like learn it that way at that particular time and then take away from it and, and, and do it on your own and see yes. how it feels, right? Yes. Um, and I think that those tactical steps of people, you know, knowing where to go is they have to start by just aligning and breathing and connecting to the universe or source and ask, you know, ask. I mean, totally. I mean, let's talk about guides. I mean, I know that you have guides that work with you in One your life. <laughs> I mean, I know you have a few. Um, you know, share with our listeners how you first connected with your guides, because this is an important thing. I yeah. think that having, acknowledging that we have guidance in our life is it's just a powerful, I mean, it almost, 
it's almost like you just know that somebody else is right there. So you're not ever alone. Actually, when you can really become connected to that, you really do know that you're never alone, right? And I would say too, just to back up for a second, like when you get to that space where you say, ask, like what's the next step? When you get to that space where you're truly seeking and you start asking and then you truly listen, you'll be so guided to like, what's the next step? What's the next book I should pick up? Who's the next person? Or you'll notice the person that you meet in the gym, right? I mean, literally, this is what I just talked about in my intro episode is that just the synchronicities once you ask, we'll start. And I said that, I said a book, it could be a podcast. It could be this podcast. It could be anything that all of a sudden you just kind of go, Oh, like that just aligns with that thought I had this morning. Mm -hmm. How did that just happen? I just asked myself that question yesterday. Oh, voila. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So connecting with guides, I I have a few that I've like always known. I have, my Mm -hmm. grandfather was the chief of his tribe and he, the very first time I realized he was guiding me, I was actually going through rehab. I did a stint with some drug addiction and I was going through rehab and he came to me in a dream and he hugged me in that dream. And my mm. grandpa was a very stoic man. Like he, very, very few words. He was a chief, right? Mm-hmm. Like didn't do small talk. Um, but in that dream, he hugged me and it woke me up. I knew in that moment that that wasn't a dream, that that was mm. my grandfather coming. And he was proud of what I was doing um, for kind of, sort of turning my life around. And he's been with me ever since. And in times when I really need him or when I just ask, he'll come and sit with me. If I do meditations, he'll come and sit with mm-hmm. me. And it's really, it's really interesting. He's probably spoken 20 words to me in 20 years. But he sits with me and he gives me um, emotional support or he'll give me gifts. And I know what the gift means, right? Because mm-hmm. um, he's just not a talker. Mm-hmm. But he, the first time was going through rehab. He showed up for me in a dream. And um, I have a couple of other major ones. And the majority of them I've met through assisted meditation. It was before I got really clear on what I was capable to do on my own. And I've been on other healers tables and they guided me to a space that where I met some, some of my guides and realized that those same guides had been with me for quite some time. I have a lady, Diana, that's like a third grandmother or something. I don't know how far back, but we look identical. I have her eyes. Um, and so a lot of them I met with, with some assistance and mm. just meditation and others have shown up throughout my life, some are long-term, right? Diana and my grandpa will be with me forever. And I have others that show up um, just for periods of my time, mm-hmm. right? Like right. different people will show up and guide me through a season. And then mm-hmm. I don't see him again. Mm-hmm. Or different animals will show up and guide me through a season. Mm, let's talk about animals for a yeah. second. Uh, totally, it just, it just remind me, because you said <laughs> at the beginning that you were communicating with animals since you were little. Yeah. And... Um, We'll come back to the guides thing in a minute. Um, but I think that the animal communication is such a powerful part of who you are. And personally, I'm going to share my story. Of yeah. course, I'm going to share my story. But I wanted you to tell people about what it's like to communicate with an animal. You know, for me, it was, um, I guess I just didn't realize not everybody did, right? Um, and it's not like a conversation. Like, we don't sit yeah. down at a dinner yeah, table and have a conversation. But um, they'll show me pictures mm. or they'll answer questions. Um and sometimes they tell me stories. I have animals that will rat out on their owners all the time that they're, they're <laughs> keeping their balls hidden from them or, oh you know, my, silly stuff like that. They're keeping my balls from me. <laughs> I would like my tennis ball. Totally. But it's being able to connect in it at a heart mm-hmm. level and you can exchange that level of communication that they understand. And I can absolutely do yes, no questions with them to help in healings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll tell the story that... Yeah. Um, you know, I have this dog. Many of you know that I have this dog that's like, 
I say that he completes me. It's the only way I know how to describe it. His name is Hammer, although we don't really call him Hammer because we've learned he doesn't like it. He likes (laughs) Hammy, I think. Um, Anyway, he's a German Shepherd Husky mix, or maybe even a Belgian Shepherd. We don't know. We rescued him. And he's probably under three. We don't really know. Um, But he got really sick. And when he was really, really sick, it was strange because... I don't know, was it six months before he had those random nosebleeds? Mm-hmm. We weren't sure. And when we hadn't eaten in like 48 hours and I took him to the vet and they said that it was possible he had cancer because dogs that are that age don't randomly bleed from their nose and just stop eating and drinking. And just, he was actually, I, I, I thought he was going to go. That's why you called me. Yeah. I thought he was going to go. Yeah. And I know that you were on your way home from, where were, yeah, you were on your way home from, um, a, a night of ritual. Yeah. And you just ha- happened to be about to pass through my house. And I just said, can you come help? And I remember hammer and I were lying on the floor and I was prepared to say goodbye to my dog in the next 24 hours. And yeah, it was really only coming over to give you emotional support. Yeah, you thought your dog was dying. Yeah. I thought my dog was dying. He was under three. He was still just, yeah. he was just still a baby and I couldn't understand it. And it was actually, I was having beautiful time with him at that point. We were very connected and I don't know how long you were here because that time all just stopped, but you know, you put your hands on him and talked to him and loved him. And within an hour of you being here, he got up, he went and took like three of his water and went outside and peed. And then I think before you left, he had he like eating. maybe a bite of food Yeah, and then he was okay after that. Yeah. So, you know, what was that like? Like what, how did you, how does that work? Like explain to us the details. Cause I don't, I actually don't have that. It's not one of the gifts that I have. So yeah. I don't really, I can feel hammers love for me and I can feel other animals they, I think they see auras or they see energy. And so they see that in me, but I, I have never actually asked them questions other than hammer. Like, can you just be quiet? Usually <laughs> like what do you need? So you can let mom work. Usually that's what I'm asking. Right, him. Right. I don't ask him yes or no questions, but maybe I will. Maybe, maybe I should. you should okay. with your guys's connection. I'm maybe sure you I would should. get okay. some responses. He's going to say, give me more treats. <laughs> <laughs> Quite possibly throw the ball more. Right. Uh, where'd the rabbits go? Right. Exactly. In my belly is what he says. <laughs> that's what I'm going to ask him. Did you eat that? rabbit and he's going to say yes mom <laughs> yes yes um i don't know how it works to be honest with you i don't know how it works i know that when i lay my hands on a person or an animal to heal them i know what my intention is for running energy through them um there are times where i'm very specific and i i can locate blocks and i know how to remove those blocks and uh, the night with hammer is probably a perfect example of, I didn't come here to heal hammer. Mm-hmm. I came here to heal you, mm-hmm. right? Like you told me your dog was dying and I came over here to support a dear friend who didn't know how to deal with that. And in that moment I realized, well, let me just do some work on him. And I really just do what I do with running energy through. Mm-hmm. And by the time I left, he was fine. Mm-hmm. So I can't tell you how it works. Yeah. I just know it does. Yeah. Yeah, well, I know it does too, and I'll be forever grateful. And he has a very unusual connection with you now, of course. Yes. And I the last time you were here, I think I was giving him a treat, and he was he took the treat from you <laughs> like you were the most fragile, like you were his favorite thing in the whole world. Like his his and he's a big dog. He's yeah. not as and so for him to take a treat from you, and it was like real food too. It was too, and your jaw went. I'm like, what? And he just was like so gentle. And I'm like, yeah, I don't get that. <laughs> but, but it was unique and special. So I'll always appreciate that. Yeah. And so it's definitely something you can do more of. Yeah. And I do. I've, um, I have people, I have a couple of friends who have horses in Utah. And I've done a ton of work on their horses. Mm. Um, and their horses will do the same. They specifically ask for me when they need help. So it's something that can be done long distance too. I don't have to put my hands on you. Um, energy is all over. And we can connect to that and move it 
and do things with it from here to wherever. So, okay. So let's talk about the bonds that yeah. you're talking about having a connection with an animal from far away. And this is curious to me. And I know a lot of people don't understand how an individual can connect with you without like touching or being mm-hmm. where we are now, which is looking at each other. And cause we are on camera. So hello. Um, how do you maintain a bond or create a bond through the ethers, through the mm-hmm. internet, through the phone? Like how, how do you create that bond long distance? Um, so it's an intention when it's mm-hmm. long distance, there is so much about energetic bonds that you actually don't have a choice, mm-hmm. right? So we have what's called emotional cords. If you have any type of a emotional reaction or emotional connection with somebody that lasts 15 minutes or longer, you have an emotional cord that's connected to them. Good, bad, or ugly. Some of them are beautiful and loving and some of them not so much, but a lot of those energetic cords, like we just don't have a choice. It happens when we have a, any type of an emotional connection with somebody, when it comes to like, how do I establish a connection with an animal or a person who's long distance, then it becomes intent. It's me seeking out that person in the ethers, right? Like going out there and finding where they are and having a conversation with them and then having that connection energetically. Yeah. And I I know it's something to have a cord cutting is something, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm familiar um, that you do and you're specialized in. And I know that a lot of people need cord cuttings. Absolutely. I didn't really understand it myself until recently that the fact that we have these energetic cords that is not in our, it's not in our human plane. And I know this is deep for some of you and some of you have not really like explored this type of connection before. So just bear with us and remember that we are here. And if you go back to the, you know, the show notes or at the end of the show, we're going to give you guys all the details on how to contact me or Don or any part of Taverly's tribe. Because I know now we're going into conversation that Don and I regularly have, <laughs> but you might not have in your daily life. So right. this might be unique to you. Um, but we're happy to answer questions. But this connection is not something that happens on this human plane. It's mm-hmm. on a spiritual plane. And how I first had to really understand it, to really understand it, is it's like our spirits connect. Yeah. And it's not visual. It's not physical. It's spiritual. Yeah. And that connection exists. And, and we all know this because we can spend 15 minutes with somebody and feel good, feel bad, feel feel neutral, like feel both. And (laughs) that's, we can feel that when we meet someone. So that's when a cord is actually created. And sometimes, even if the person's still in your life and you love them, sometimes you need to like cut the cord in the way that it was so it can reestablish itself in a healthy way or not reestablish itself at all. Yeah. Um, it's, I always use this as my example. So there's, um, I've cut cords with my son Mm -hmm. and you know, my son, we have Mm -hmm. a beautiful, loving relationship And when you have somebody that you're really close to and you spend a long time with, it's not just one cord. You could have multiple cords, right? So you can have very empowering, loving cords that are attached, and you can also have disempowering cords. And I cut the cords with my son that were disempowering between the two of us. The things that I was taking responsibility for as a mother Mm -hmm. that I didn't need to take on anymore. And when I do that, when I cut the disempowering cords, then the cords that are left that are loving and kind and empowering to both of us, those have the ability to become stronger because it's the only connection that we have anymore. So it doesn't have to be just somebody negative, right? Definitely ex-boyfriend, stuff like that get your cords cut because they, if there's an attachment there, they have the ability to still drain energy from you. Mm -hmm. And I think we've all had those experiences where like, we just can't get the man out of our head. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's because that energy is still just has a path to go to them. And there are people when you're really close to, there's still aspects that maybe are disempowering. So Mm -hmm. he said, my son and I's relationship is much stronger now because I've taken the opportunity to just disconnect the things I don't need to own of him anymore. 
So that's useful. And I think people should think about that. And um, I know that it's a little bit more common in conversation now for people to really understand what that means. Yeah. And I recommend them doing some more. If you guys are listening and you need to do more research, go do more research Please. or contact us and we'll give you the info. But know that there is that spiritual um, connection that happens. And that brings us back to a couple questions I want to ask you. And I would love for you to share with our listeners, like, what are your practices and your rituals? Like maybe get into the tactical part of your gifts and who you are um, and why don't we start with how you learned? Like, what was your path? Like where, you know, what mystery school, what class, like how did, how did you yeah. just find one place to learn? Cause I mean, the thing is, is once you've dipped your toe into Shakti, right? Like this mm-hmm. is what we're talking about. Once you've dipped your toe into that, some people are going to repel back and go, Whoa, that was like a lightning bolt. That's too much scary. I'm going back to church. <laughs> <laughs> and I've done that yes, in my right, life. Right? Yeah. I mean, we have, and yeah. I, I'll have to tell a story about my son. This is just so funny. <laughs> so my, my daughter and I, you know, are, are spiritual beings and we practice a lot of spiritual wit- rituals and our house and um, one day my son just randomly started going to church and I had to laugh I came home and I loved it I think it's great I want him to learn and he comes home and he's like yeah I don't know what's going on but I needed to go learn like counteract with what I feel like you guys know <laughs> I thought it was really funny um, yeah but start back from the beginning and, and how did you find your way to get to your gifts and then we'll talk about the tactical part of that after yeah totally and it's been um, very much that steps right so I started being exposed to it my grandfather was a shaman my grandfather mm-hmm. was the tribe so I actually grew up in a environment that was very spiritually rich and spiritually deep and had a ton of, if you know anything about Native American heritage and culture, it's very ritualistic and very ceremonial. And so I grew up around that, you know, and then I would leave and then I would do a lot of book work. And then I would, um, I really asked at one point in my life to please lead me to the people who could teach me. I felt like the part that was missing was the teachers and um, the universe listened and it sent me a beautiful beautiful human being that did some work with me as a teacher and introduced me to a mystery school. And I did a year of coursework in a mystery school, um, studying all kinds of paths, high priestess and ritual warrior and shamanism and, um, yeah, that other thing. Yeah. Yeah. All kinds of things. And there was so much that I learned there and so much beauty and alchemy, alchemy. And there's another one. I'll think of it. Um, Kabbalah's Mm. (laughs) Kabbalism. Um, and there was a lot of discipline in that environment, and it was really good to learn the discipline. So I completed my year there, and then it was time to move on to something bigger, right? Like mm-hmm. at that point, there was pieces of it that felt very confining to me. I'm very much a freedom, like need freedom. Mm-hmm. And so I took the learnings that I had and flowed them into my life in a way that felt good for me, and then reached out like, who's my next teacher? And found another beautiful soul that... Um, you're going to have on your podcast mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. shortly to be a mentor. I think it's really important that we always have a mentor. Like mm-hmm. we always be mentoring somebody and we always right. have a mentor. Right. right. And so I've just really set some strong intentions to the universe of like, send me the right people that can help me with what's my next step or how do I explore my gifts next? And how do I learn more of who I am? And the universe is provided beautifully in those right. people. And what I love about what you just said is that you're acknowledging that our mentors and our lessons and our teachers are going to change and they have to, you it can't stay the same. And, um, anybody that's asked me any questions about who they could potentially work with or learn from, I just say, do it. There's no downside. Just do it with the understanding that that won't be your one and no. only master for the rest of your life. That's not, <laughs> and I don't think it should be that mm-hmm. way. And I think that you and I in various ways have both, um, learned that lesson. Yeah especially if you're somebody that moves fast, right? And so you've got to find other people that move fast. Lightning speed, my friend. Totally. (laughs) And there's still value in finding the teachers that may not move as fast as you, but have knowledge or insight or wisdom that you can learn. And then you just accept that that was a piece of your life and you're very grateful for 
the wisdom that they brought you and then you go find your next teacher or your next step. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So let's talk about, let's talk about your healing, you know, the, the type of healing that you do. I was going to say modules, but that's not the right word. I was thinking of modalities. modalities. Yeah. I almost said modules. Clearly I've been working on presentations. I've been like in my business mind. Um, yeah. Tell me, tell us a little bit about your modalities. Like what is it like? What, what do you offer? Yeah. Um, so the, the majority of work that I do is going to be in the realm of energy work. Yeah. Um, and some what's classified under ritual astronomy, which wouldn't necessarily make sense to most. And it's the things that has to do with the cord cuttings or, um, house clearings, right? We have energy that just boggles up in homes and needs to be cleared. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are definitely, which is service. amazing by the way. And yeah. I, I know you've done some work with that for me. So I can tell people that, Hey, if you're just feeling some bad mojo or something's not going right in your life on a day-to-day basis. And it happens when you're in your home, clear, clear your it. home, like clear it and seal it and make it, make it spiritually sacred. sacred right. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I think there's a really misconception when people think about house clearing, that's like, Oh, there's an entity there. And there that's are, not the ghosts. only, right. <laughs> yeah. And that may be the case. There yeah. may be entities that mm-hmm. we're asking to leave. And the majority of the time it's just people's energy, right? We live in our houses. We're bound mm-hmm. to have arguments with people or somebody that's um, visiting walks in and just is bringing in their spiritual caca from the street mm-hmm. and they dump it in our home. So it's really important to do those clearings that just bring that sacredness back to our own space. So those are definitely things I can do. And then the energy work is taking an opportunity to find out what that person needs mm-hmm. and then putting them on my table and moving energy through their body, um, removing the blocks that exist. Uh, often there'll be physical relief. Often there'll be emotional expression. And I use a lot of model. I use a lot of tools. So the tools that I use are crystals. Um, I use sound instruments, so sound bowls, drums, rattles, and then I use me, like mm-hmm. my my ability to what I can move through somebody with with my hands. And it sounds really simple and like little, and it can be so varied. You could lay on my table ten times and never have the same experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's great. And I, I highly recommend for people that are feeling, especially like if you want to learn a little bit more about your own path, this is even a great way to start because what can totally. happen is this is like an assisted meditation. This is an assisted healing session where you can start to feel what it's like to have energy move in your body. And and then you can also help them tap into themselves a little bit Absolutely. more. And if people have, you know, if they have that pull and that call and they don't know where to start and you can't find a class or a book isn't a book isn't you know hopping off the shelf to you, which they usually do. So, yeah. but just to be clear, you have to go to the bookstore before your book <laughs> hops off the shelf to you. But if you're if you're have, feel like you've taken inspired action and you've connected and you've asked for help and you're not seeing any sort of progress, then come and see Dawn because being on your table, you can help intuitively also yes. even guide them. Because the the piece of this too that you're not saying, which I'm going to say for you, is that you're a very gifted intuitive. Yeah. And so not only are you moving energy, but you are seeing somebody's path and you are able to help them or even just ask them questions or have you thought about, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's a real way that you ask a question or you'll say, sometimes you'll say, well, I feel like, and you're just giving people another option. But I think that if people have questions in any of those areas, just even having the experience will help them down that path. It's one of the things that got me started. So when I met, when I said to the universe, like, I, I really would like that next teacher. I didn't know she was my teacher till I was on her healing table. Mm. And it was in that experience that I met some of my guides that I hadn't met and really got solid on 
like next steps on the path that I was doing the right thing, that this is the world I needed to be playing in, that I needed to incorporate this piece of myself into my being so that I could be an authentic whole person. Yeah. yeah. All right. I have a couple questions for you. Okay. Okay. You ready? Yeah. All right. Sure. Be like rapid fire questions. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, what is your definition of the soul? Ooh, that's a loaded question. Yeah. Um, I th- our soul is that piece of us that has traveled since the beginning of eternity and continues to come back to this realm to have another experience and to learn new lessons. And it's that piece that will continue on once our physical bodies are gone to do it again and do it again. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you think happens to us when we die? Mm. Um, I think I, part of it, right. I, I truly believe that we go to a place of elevation. We have reflection. We choose if, and when we're going to come back and learn more lessons. And I think that there's just a beautiful, another dimension that we have the opportunity to exist in. And from that space, we can choose, like, do we stay out there and and guide other people for a while? Do I go back and have another experience, right? Mm. So, For people that are listening now that have gotten to know a little bit about you, um, what is the one thing that you would want them to learn about their own power to make change in this world? Mm. You know, and I think something that really has been one of my most powerful lessons in the last couple of years, and I, it's so important for me for people to hear this, is that it doesn't have to be a separate piece of you, right? Mm-hmm. So when I first started going, okay, this is who I am, I was very much, I have a very high-level corporate job. So I was little corporate Dawn around these people, and I was athlete Dawn around these people, and I was spiritual Dawn around these people, and I was very fragmented, and I still wasn't whole yet. So perfect example is if I went into the office, I would be very dressed head to toe in corporate business suits and business wear and none of the jewelry you see on me today because I didn't feel it was safe to share that I was a spiritual being in a corporate, like they might look at me different or view Mm -hmm. me different. And when I really got to that place where I was like, I don't care anymore, like this is who I am. So I'll still wear a business dress and I'll go in with crystals and mala beads on me. And I'm not afraid of if somebody asks me something about spirituality, sharing Mm -hmm. with them what that piece of me is. And as a result, I've become much more productive and much more powerful, even in the corporate arena, because I'm not fragmenting myself. So I think if I, there was anything I could get people to hear is it is part of your wholeness. You don't have to be different people for different um, audiences. Well, it, and I so appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. I think that that's, again, one thing that you are very, very, um, you are a very good example of for people to see that you still have a big corporate job. Like you have major responsibilities in what you do and you are the primary caregiver and primary breadwinner in your whole family. And so, you know, you carry a lot of weight in a professional environment, but you still have one foot over here hanging out in the cosmos every day. And so you've just found a way to be able to do both. You found a way to be able to, yeah, I'm, you know, a boss bitch and I'm going to do all the things that go along with a boss bitch, but I am also a spirit bitch. So I'm going to bring all those. I just didn't mean to call you a bitch, but it's all good. You know, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's a bitch in the nicest way. So um, I own it. <laughs> I think that that is a common question people ask, right? Cause this is what happens. And, um, you know, you've seen me go through this process. Mm-hmm. You were somebody that I asked this question to early on is how do I, how do I stay grounded and still be able to do my day-to-day stuff? Cause some days I just got to do like administrative work and like yeah. accounting stuff, but I really am flying up high in the cosmos. And 
how do you do both? And that's a common question. It really is. And it becomes easier to do when you accept that you just are a spiritual being, right? So when you quit trying to separate the fact that, you know, I'm a corporate executive person over here and I'm a spiritual being over here, because then it becomes really hard. What hat am I wearing? Who am I wearing? Who am I in this moment? So when you really incorporate that I'm just a spiritual being having a human experience and these um, practices or these experience being the corporate or whatever is part of my human experience and I get to bring my spiritual self to that, then a lot of that just doesn't... It's also powerful though. Yeah. It's very powerful. It's very powerful. And it knocks down walls in communication with others too. I mean, people are going to be interested in that mm-hmm. because it, it is it is unique to fully own and be as connected as say you and I are but, and there are lots of other people that are but there are lots of other people that mm-hmm. aren't and I think that that's one misconception that I would definitely want our listeners to know is that you know you and I are not sacred you know people that have been dropped on this earth and have are the only gifts that gifted people that have it it doesn't work like that everybody has it inside of them and Absolutely. the thing is is that it's possible to still you don't you know you, you will have some shifts and change when you start doing the initial steps of healing Huge. yourself that is a for sure but you're you can still have a job and and make money and raise kids and have a family and have a good sex life and have you know All like the have all the things like a normal life and still be that spiritual being and it's not and i'm I'm not downplaying our specialness i'm just saying we aren't special in the sense that we are one like the whole everybody has the ability to live this this way if you choose it absolutely every single human being that's here is a spiritual being having a human experience Mm -hmm. some people are currently choosing more human experiences than others right yeah um but we all are gifted in some way we all have a piece of magic in us and we become more whole and more authentic when we start honoring that piece of us um, and not like shoving it down or like, pretending it doesn't exist. Or being afraid. Or being afraid. Or feeling shame. Mm-hmm. Um, those are, we know that those are key things that humans are facing right now. And in fact, especially in the, the work that I do with women and the work that you've seen go on with Taverly's Tribe with yeah. women. On this podcast, even, we talk about what stops and holds women back all the time, whether it's advancing in their career or taking that next step in their business or uh, coming out of the broom closet. It could be any of those things. What stops us? Yeah. You know, we are like we are as women demanding more right now. We're standing up in society and saying, "Okay, wait a minute here. We are. We are the be all end all because none of you'd be here if it wasn't for us because all of us have given birth to one of you. Right. So we're standing up, but we're also still standing a little bit back. We're not stepping forward. And I think that a big piece of that is owning yourself, like developing self-confidence and letting some fear and shame go. Yeah. Um, but those are, those are big processes. I know I'm saying it, it's rolling off the tip of my tongue. Like it's easy. It's not easy. This is a lot of, it's a lot of work and time and patience and love for yourself. It is. And I think though, I like, I feel that we as women are craving this more, right? I think mm. for a lot of my years, or at least my experience was that like women were judgmental and catty and right. Yeah. And like, so I didn't have this desire to have this deep connection to magically spiritual, spiritual women because it just wasn't my experience. And I feel that it's not just the season of my life, but it's the shift that we're going through as well. We as women are deeply desiring that connection with other female human beings and creating our magical tribes and, as we do that more and more, then more healing gets to happen on this planet. And you, you're the one who just said it recently is that this is what used to happen. I mean, it's, you know, generations and generations ago, the women sat together. Mm-hmm. They might be sewing, they might be cooking. They would be together in tribes and they would talk about, you know, their monthly cycles. They would talk about the moon. They talk about their kids and the animals yeah. and they would connect together and love on each other. And that has been missing for a long time, but we're bringing it back. 
It's in our DNA as women. Yeah. I just goosebumps yeah. too from head to toe. We are it is it in back. our DNA as women to sit in circle with other women and do things rhythmically. So years and years and years ago, that was the sewing circles, right? And But it's in our DNA yeah. and we are really craving that. And, and I see a lot more of that coming back. Yeah. So. Well, like I said, we are we are definitely setting an example of what that will be like. And Don, thank you. As always, my friend, you you share so much great wisdom and experience. And I love the way that you show up and the change that you make and everybody that meets you. I, I really appreciate you. And, and I know that anybody that's listening is going to have a, a few things to think about today, right? Like a, a new step in their path, something they can learn. And if somebody wants to contact you and either come and have a session, um, you know, on your table or even just speak to you and get to yeah. know you better, how can they reach you? New Dawn Awakening 13 at gmail.com. And I will go ahead and put that in the show notes as well. And listen, any of you that are listening and for whatever reason, if you don't get that email address, you know how to reach me, you can reach <laughs> me in all the, all the, all the places. Well, thank you again, Don. And I will, uh, I will make sure that we put extra notes in there that people can understand a little bit more about energy and how that works. Absolutely. And yes, please reach out. I'm happy to help anybody peel back some layers of the onion. Love it. Join our tribe. Love it. Peel back the layers of the onion and join our tribe. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you guys for joining us for another episode of Grit and Grace during this amazing month of November where we are bringing you some really interesting stories about women that are not only are they entrepreneurs and career driven, but they are healers and spiritual beings that can change your life and change the lives of people really on a regular basis. And it is just my absolute pleasure and honor to have all of these great women join us. So catch you next time. We hope you enjoyed the show. Hi, my name is Les Conley. And as producer of this show, I enjoy listening right along with you. Don't forget to download the Himalaya app and follow Grit and Grace so that we can keep you up to date on all the exciting shows coming your way. And this show is available for you to watch on YouTube. Please check the show notes for links to our guests and feel free to contact us for more information. Taver Lee is a social impact entrepreneur and she can be found at taverlee.com. That's T-A-H-V-E-R-L-E-E.com. And if you're interested in audio, video production, and post-production, you can find me at HealantMedia.com. We know your time is extremely valuable, and we appreciate you spending it with us. Thank you.